Hello and welcome to On the Front Lines of Caregiving. I am your host, Lynette Whiteman. My guest today is Sharon Hall. We're going to be talking about a type of dementia that many people may not know about. It's called frontotemporal dementia or FTD. Many caregivers have a hard time getting a proper diagnosis for this and struggle for way too long. Sharon cares for her 96-year-old mother who has vascular dementia and her husband who has frontal temporal dementia. In 2007, Sharon won the Advocate of the Year Award at the National Caregiving Conference. She also hosts Talking FTD with Jerry, which is a podcast on caregiving.com and leads an FTD care chat every Monday and Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hi, Sharon. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, how are you? I'm well, I'm well. So let's get right to it, Sharon. Uh, Tell me, what is frontotemporal dementia and how is it the same or different from other dementia, which people might be more aware of? Well, the one thing that people seem to always know is Alzheimer's. Uh, Dementia is actually an umbrella term And there are many, there are over a hundred different things that cause dementia. Alzheimer's is the one that everyone thinks of. Some of them can be reversed. Many of them can't. The ones that are called, that are neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's where the brain is shrinking. Uh, Lewy body dementia is also a neurodegenerative. Frontotemporal dementia is neurodegenerative. And those are all incurable, no treatment. Fatal. So uh, it sort of sets them apart from some of the dementias that may be caused by medication or it may be caused by um, having anesthesia or maybe caused by drinking. Uh, Those can be reversed because when you come out of anesthesia, hopefully you're out of the dementia. So there's a lot of them that can be reversed. Mm -hmm. But there's over 100 things that cause dementias and people are always surprised to hear that. That's always very surprising to people because the only thing they think about is Alzheimer's. Right. And and <laughs> people use that term so interchangeably, Alzheimer's and dementia. Does, front, yeah. does frontotemporal dementia, does that, the symptoms of it, does it look different from what Alzheimer's, what most people consider dementia or Alzheimer's disease? Are, are the symptoms different in frontotemporal dementia? Yes, they are, uh, at the beginning at least. And it, it sets in much earlier. The range of diagnosis for people with FTD is the really sweet spot is kind of between 45 and 65. Wow. But we have many people in their 30s, a lot in their 40s, many, many in their 50s. It, can, it has been noted as young as 20 and as old as 80. Hmm. So it's a broad range. But the symptoms... Your frontal lobe controls your personality. It controls your executive functioning. So you'll see a lot of things like personality changes. Someone who never uh, never gambled may become an online gambler and spend thousands of dollars. Uh, you, You may see someone who didn't drink and is suddenly drinking to excess. Uh, Some of the other behaviors are inappropriate behavior. A lot of times people with FTD 
some of the first signs are they, they get a little risque. So they, they may be telling dirty jokes at work when they never did that before. So they lose their inhibition so that that's also a hallmark of FTD. Hmm. There are various types of FTD as well. Uh, the ones that I just talked about, those symptoms are usually called behavioral variant FTD for obvious reasons. Your behavior is affected. And then there are the PPAs, which are primary progressive aphasia, and those affect language and are more centered in your temporal lobe. So your temporal lobe controls your speech. So the, in, in FTD, the, there's a couple of, P, uh, couple of PPAs. There's uh, logopenic and uh, when the other one just escaped my mind, I'm sorry. You'll think uh, there's, of it. <laughs> but there's a couple of PPAs. And one of them, you can't find the word. So you have that halted speech while someone looks for the word in their brain that they want to say. The other uh, calls a tiger a zebra. So they, they, it's an animal and it has stripes, but mm. they get them confused. And so they'll call a tiger a zebra, vice versa. Uh, a spoon may be um, a round thing that you eat with. They can't. Remember the name of a spoon. So they misidentify objects. Mm -hmm. Then also under the FTD umbrella are motor diseases. So there's motor neuron disease. There's corticobasal syndrome. There's primary supranuclear palsy. And ALS closely follows FTD. Many people with FTD are also diagnosed with ALS. And a lot of times that is the younger population Sometimes they're diagnosed with FTD first. Sometimes they're diagnosed with ALS first. But a lot of them coexist with FTD and ALS. So what? how old was your husband when he was diagnosed? And, and what did you first notice in him? Well, it was usually you notice symptoms way before a diagnosis. And unfortunately, with the behavior variant, the symptoms that come out, like the drinking or the gambling or things like that, are very disruptive, obviously, to a marriage and the inhibition. So it's very disruptive to a marriage. So a lot of times people, people will call it midlife crisis, which doesn't exist. It's not, it's not a psychological <laughs> disease. Right. That is not something that's, that's true. Uh, so they'll, they'll call it that. Oh, he has, he's having a midlife crisis. No, he isn't. Something's wrong. So usually what happens is, A, people get divorced, and the person with FTD continues to deteriorate to the point that the family goes, oh, my goodness, something's wrong. Mm. Or, B, the spouse of the person, and it hits women and men about equally, uh, the spouse will usually say, this is not the person I married, mm. and just keep saying, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. Nothing happened in our marriage. And this is just weird behavior. And I've never seen it before. And they continue to pursue what's wrong. Oftentimes end up in counseling, marriage counseling. Very prevalent that people with BBFTD end up in marriage counseling. And the marriage counselor has never heard of FTD, doesn't think about neurology, so I always say, when you see someone that's acting different than they've always acted, 
think neurology, not psychiatry. Okay. And and in eliminating neurology. In your in your own case with your husband, is, is that what happened to you that you noticed changes in him? And then yes, yeah, yeah. He did yeah. your husband. Have, I, it, the, the it probably started about five years prior to getting getting the knock on the head that oh my goodness this this is something this might be what it is. Uh, and his mother was diagnosed with Pick's disease, uh. which is now called behavior variant FTD. But I never knew her while she was still talking and walking. And so I didn't know that she had behavior. And the family was very secretive about the behaviors that she had. So I was unaware of what to look for. And when I saw these changes occurring in Rod, he he always would have a beer when he came home from work. It became two beers and three beers and four beers, and that was not working for me. Uh, he also did start to get inappropriate, and I, I was like, what, what are you saying? Oh, my what, God. Why are you saying that? So it, just things like that, and we ended up in marriage counseling because I said, I cannot live with this. This is not something I can live with, and we're going to, to counseling. And of course, I didn't know anything about it. And I was on caregiving.com because I was already caring for my mother. She had already moved in with us. And I was on caregiving.com. And during FTD week, someone posted the video, It Is What It Is by AFTD. And I watched it and it hit me like a ton of bricks. Mm -hmm. I said, oh my goodness, this is what he has. And we then pursued it. We we went directly to Emory. You have to almost go to a teaching hospital to be diagnosed with FTD because in in regular physicians, just primary care, they see zero to one FTD patient in their entire career. Neurologists, regular general neurologists, see one to five FTD patients in their entire career. Mm-hmm. So that's not something that they're looking for. It's highly misdiagnosed, very underdiagnosed. The misdiagnosis comes in, uh, they always diagnose people with bipolar mm. because they're acting in strange ways and they sometimes are depressed. So they say, oh, this is bipolar. Well, the drugs that you would give for bipolar can sometimes exacerbate FTD. And it gets worse. It's just like people with FTD cannot take Aricept and Namenda. First of all, it does nothing for them. And sometimes it it reacts negatively for them. So it's important to get a proper diagnosis of any dementia. And at the caregiving conference, I'm doing a, a, a session in the dementia track about the various dementias and why it's important to get a diagnosis. And one of the reasons is because of the medications that you use to control it, because you control symptoms. There's nothing to take for any of these. There there are no tests that show it. It comes from the family saying they did this and now they do this. And they've been through three jobs. My husband didn't go through jobs, but many, many people are, are very 
we have NASA engineers in that had FTD. Uh, we have a biomedical engineer that had FTD, physicians that have FTD. Uh, and usually it's someone that's very mechanically inclined, uh, like the engineering type of, of mind, that seems to be the people that do get wow. FTD, even on the women's side. So we have many women engineers or physicians that have FTD. Wow. So that type of analytical mind it is what seems to be, or maybe that's just the people that it's noticeable in mm -hmm. because they suddenly can't do their job. Mm -hmm. I know one. I know one personally who the husband was a biomedical engineer. He is now a security guard at night, and they have yet to get a proper diagnosis. Now, did so, your husband, did Rod, like in the beginning of Alzheimer's disease, the person has a sense that, that they're not remembering words or that they don't remember people that they used to. There's, there's, there's a period of time that they're aware that something is wrong and that they, it's a very scary time for them. Did Rod have any sort of insight about this or oh my god I, I don't know what's going on with me or he didn't have you don't have that with this well usually not and anosognosia which is being unaware of what's wrong with you is very very common in ftd rod his mother had it so uh, when i said rod i think you have what your mother had but for many, many months, maybe as long as a year or two, he would say, I don't feel right. And, mm. But he couldn't put his finger on anything. And he never explained it as, I don't know why I do these things. It was just something is off. Mm. So there wasn't anything to sort of hold on to and say, well, he's describing that he doesn't know why he does A, B, and C that wasn't what was happening. So it was very ambiguous and un, uh, unable to kind of pin down. So it just never occurred to me that it had anything to do with neurology at all. And there's nothing, so even if you go to Emory or a teaching hospital, there's no MRI or PET scan or anything that, that somebody could make the diagnosis of this. It's all by somebody who knows what this is and takes the symptoms and puts it all together? Oftentimes, an MRI or a SPECT scan will show shrinking in the frontal lobe. Okay. Not always. Right. There are people that can go almost to the end of FTD and not show anything on an MRI. So it, it's because it's not... With Alzheimer's, you know, the brain brain traits, you, you first get the memory loss. So you have that memory loss, and that's what people normally are, are concerned about because it's an older population, and just getting older makes you once in a while forget where you put your keys. It's when it becomes very routine that there's something that you need to look at. So with FTD, the, the behaviors and the symptoms are so bizarre that you just never connect it to, to it. Now they do an MRI, they'll do a spinal tap usually, and they'll do neuropsychological testing. Mm -hmm. The neuropsych testing is kind of the gold standard for FTD 
because it will show the lack of executive functioning. Mm -hmm. People with FDD have a hard time going from step one to step two to step three to step four. So they have trouble with that executive function. And that will come out usually in neuropsych testing. Many, many of people with FTD are extremely intelligent and they have a, they do a wonderful job of hiding their symptoms. Mm -hmm. So it's very difficult sometimes to put two and two together. But the one thing that I just keep saying and I, and, and I want people to remember is when someone's personality or their basic values have changed, that's not psychiatry, that's neurology. Okay. Because but, think about how long it takes for a person to change a habit. Mm -hmm. It takes a long time right. and a lot of work. Right. So for, for that's not what's happening. Yeah. So for resources, for somebody who hears this and thinks, oh, my goodness, this sounds way too familiar. I want to check this out more. Um, what? So you mentioned the video. It is what it is, um, mm -hmm. which is help, what was helpful to you. That's is that still on caregiving.com? Can people still find that? Uh, no, video? it's not on caregiving. It was just posted by someone in a blog. Oh, it's okay. on theaftd.org. That's okay. the Association of Frontal Temporal Degeneration. So the, but you have to put theaftd.org. Okay. And they have information about FTD. The NIH also has a lot of information about frontotemporal dementia. Okay. Uh, you'll hear it called frontotemporal degeneration and frontotemporal dementia. It's the same thing. Okay. So same. the so the the lesson learned is, or the 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 lesson you want to tell people is, if you notice a personal change in your loved one that you really something is really off with that person you need to investigate this further you need to go and not even just go to a neurologist you need to go to a teaching center either in Emory or New York or Philly or wherever that teaching center is by you so that you could get more information about it just don't chalk it up to psychiatry or marriage problems is Correct. It, yeah, that's and the best thing to do is to look for a cognitive neurologist. A cognitive that is neurologist. the person. Yeah, that oh. is the person that will most likely diagnose any dementia. Okay. Because primary care physicians throw out Alzheimer's all the time. It's like, well, it's Alzheimer's. Well, right. it's young onset. Well, that actually young onset Alzheimer's is much rarer than FTD. Right. Okay. But people get misdiagnosed all the time. Okay. And Sharon, if people have questions or they want to follow up, um, your email is SharonHall419 at yahoo.com. And people could just write to you and just ask a question that they might be wondering about. It would, is that Absolutely. Okay. And then you're on Twitter. You are at SRHall419. 419 so people can find you on twitter and then on facebook um it's sharon <laughs> it's this is a long, long one yeah i know i was writing this i was like i don't know it's but, my maiden name my previous married name, name my okay. current 
All right. So email Sharon if you want to get email in touch me. Her. Yeah. Or find her on Twitter. And t so I just want to put a, a plug in again. Um, the National Caregiving Conference is going to be November 9th in uh, Chicago. And it's put on by Denise Brown from caregiving.com. If people can't get to Chicago, they could also watch many of the presentations virtually on the computer. And Sharon and I are actually going to be on a panel discussion talking about the path to diagnosis. And Sharon's going to be talking more about how it took her such a long time to get her husband, Rod, accurately diagnosed. So I encourage people to check out caregiving.com and click on the link for the National Caregiving Conference. Um, Sharon, any last words or any final words of advice you want to give to caregivers out there who may be dealing well, with this? I also want to mention that at the Caregiving Conference, all of the breakout sessions will be recorded and those recordings will be for sale after the conference. Okay. So right after the conference, you can get a pretty good rate on getting those and, um, and for all the breakout sessions because the main sessions are the ones that are live broadcast. Okay, excellent. And any final words of advice you want to give caregivers who might be caring for somebody with a loved one with FTD or dealing with finding the diagnosis for it? Any, any final the thoughts? Well, the, the best thing is to find a cognitive neurologist who knows all dementias if okay. you're seeking a diagnosis. Okay. And, um, and if, you, uh, if you are living with someone with FTD, make sure you check out the Talking FTD with Jerry. Uh, I also have that on my dementianeeds.blogspot.com. I keep a lot of FTD information there, and all of those all of those recordings are recorded. All of those podcasts from, from Talking FTD are all recorded by subject. So a lot of times you can get information through there as well. And there are many FTD Facebook sites. So if you just Google, you know, put FTD in Facebook, you'll find a lot of sites. Oh, excellent. Okay. So when I post this podcast and I share it with you, we'll also be posting a lot of the links to your sites and other resources as well. So um, thank you, Sharon. I, I really, um, I appreciate this. I think this is something that somebody's going to be listening to. It's going to sound familiar to them and hopefully they'll get an accurate diagnosis and, and get on the path to, to getting some help for their loved ones. So truly appreciate you spending time with me today. Well, I hope I see everyone at the National Caregiving Conference. Excellent. Thank you for inviting me, Lynette. You're welcome. And thank every, all of you today for joining me today. If you enjoyed my podcast and my conversation with Sharon, please take a moment to subscribe to my podcast, rate, and review. And I hope that everyone has a wonderful day. Take care. <laughs>